What's up, everybody? This is SB, and you're listening to Wrapped in Yahweh Podcast. I'm your host, and today's episode is actually the first official episode. Now, if you have followed me from the beginning, or maybe you've listened to a lot of episodes before, I did start this podcast in October of last year, which is 2020. It's a new year, it's 2021, and we're three months in, and the Lord has given me an unction. The Holy Spirit has given me an unction to pick this back up, to start it back up again. A lot of things happened towards the end of the year that I won't uh, necessarily want to describe right now um, because it's a it's a whole episode in itself. But to say the least, um, I I caught COVID and a lot of other things were happening. So I uh, <laughs> to say the least. So praise God that I'm able to restart this podcast and I'm glad you're listening. I'm so happy that you have clicked on this podcast and may God bless you because that is my intention. That when you come to this podcast, the words that I speak, as Peter said in the Bible, that if any man speaks, he should speak as the very oracles of God. So if you, if I speak, I want to get to that point where it's no longer me speaking, but the Holy Spirit speaking through me. If you can understand that, if you can perceive that, that's where I want to get. And I believe that is what Peter was talking about for every Christian. Every Christian. All of my brothers and sisters out there. We should have a desire to be the voice of God in our generations, in our territory, in our environment. To speak life and prophesy to those dry bones. So I pray that this ministry does that to you, that in some way it encourages you, in some way it comforts you, in some way it, it, it builds upon the foundation that maybe somebody else laid in your life. But may your foundation continually be strong and strengthened in the Lord Jesus Christ on him who is our rock, okay? And please allow me to encourage you and comfort you and and give some edification to you, teach you, help you learn and grow in Christ. So here's the first episode. I think it might be um, a little deep, but hey, you judge for yourself. After these messages, I'm going to tell you exactly what we're going to talk about, Um, but I have to let these um, episodes go. I'm going to play my little commercials and we'll be right back, okay? Bye. Rap and Yahweh is a ministry that is sole intention is to completely immerse yourself in Yahweh, his son, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity, to completely immerse yourself and be wrapped in God. Is that what you want? Is that what you desire? I believe it is. And you know what? Sit on your couch grab some popcorn. Hey, get your seeds, start doing your gardening or your planting. Take me to work. Take me in your car. Take me anywhere. But let's dive into this holy water. If you're ready for it, come with me. All right.
In Ecclesiastes 5.9, the Bible says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up. But pity to the one who falls without another to lift him up. Also, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one person alone keep warm? And if somebody overpowers one person, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. I want to encourage you. Are you somebody who has really consistently been praying, but you feel like maybe you need an extra boost? Would you commit today to seek out and search out somebody who's close to you, somebody in your church, somebody you're easily able to uh, get along with, to become a prayer partner where you're able to pray over each other and each other's circumstances? And again, you know, Jesus says that where two or three are gathered, there I am. So there's that threefold cord and it cannot be easily broken. It's very strong. So please, if God is putting this in your heart today as I speak and the Holy Spirit um, convicts, if it is you, if you're the one who is desiring a prayer partner, seek them out, search for them because God will give you the grace. He will put those people in your place. They're there, but find them, seek them and search them and ask the Holy Spirit to lead you to that person, that one person who will then become your prayer partner and help you build your foundation on the rock Jesus Christ together. We'll be back. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's messages today and I really hope it lifted you up. But we're back on this episode and I still haven't told you what the topic is. So I'm just going to say it outright. The topic for today is called hands and feet. Yes, we have talked about this phrase hands and feet. We have said it in church. We've said it to to each other. We've said it to um, unbelievers. We've said it to um, our brothers and sisters in Christ. We have said these words, these phrases, and so nonchalantly that it really doesn't mean anything to us anymore. The depth of it has gone away. It's faded from the very powerful and strong um, meaning that it had when it first started. It's It left. Now, I cannot say this about every Christian. Because let me tell you, there are some of us out there who are doing this naturally you know through the holy spirit okay so i cannot say that the whole body is not doing this but i can just by observation of just looking at the bride the church as a whole christians as a whole i feel like we say these words hands and feet so much that i don't even think we're being taught about it in church I don't think we're learning about it. I don't think we're trying to figure out, well, you know, how is this, how does this connect to me? 
personally? How does hands and feet connect to me personally in my life? I don't think it's being taught about much in your, in our um, Bible classes, our discipleship classes, our mini, our um, mini series that we that we give out. I don't think it's taught much. A lot of us are talking about stuff that are very important. Don't get me wrong extremely important gifts of the holy spirit um we're talking about deliverance and healing uh, we're talking about how to um work alongside the holy spirit how to follow Ho- holy spirit we're, t- we're talking about and teaching a lot of things for believers this is awesome it's edifying it builds our faith it builds our foundation on jesus christ but when we're talking about the hands and feet i do believe that that is so important so important that um it's a huge piece that we have missed i feel like it it has come through for the holy spirit to do a mighty work in that phrase and and what it actually means but i feel like it hasn't fully got to its potential yet and it will it will and i prophesy that over everyone who's listening right now and over our um, ourselves as Christians that it will get to that point where it comes to its fullness and we are the hands and feet of Christ so let's just dive deep let's just dive into this holy water right now because this is going to be amazing it's going to blow your mind with what hands and feet actually means all right so so first thought have you ever really pondered what hand means I mean really just thought about your hands because what would you do if you could not use them anymore God forbid but what would you do if you weren't able to use your hands imagine the um, value of your hands would completely go up extremely go up if you were somehow unable to use both of them I mean just Think about if you were to hurt your finger, if you stubbed your toe, or if, you know, you, whatever the case may be, if you broke your, um, your wrist or something like that. Imagine what you already can't accomplish until it gets better, until it's restored. But imagine if you can't use your hands, how you would have to adjust and the things that you could have done, all of the things that you want to do and desire to do now you can't do or it might be more difficult to do because you did not value your hands but let me tell you something God values the hand and when we think about God we should really think about his hands being outstretched because they are the Bible always talks about God's hand not being short God's hand being outstretched I mean if you want to really give a picture a clear visual of his hands being not stressed look at Jesus Christ on the call on the cross his hands and arms were outstretched for you he took your place he was our atonement for our sins so when we're talking about hands the character of God who God is his hand is always open it's always outstretched reaching for somebody And most of the time, if you don't um, understand this, he is reaching for the lost. Always. 
most of the time he's always reaching for those we are saved but God's hand is outstretched so far that he's reaching for those who you think might be completely lost he's reaching out for those individuals whom you think don't deserve to be saved what a prideful thought that is but there are some believers out here who believe that some are so far gone that they have that they can't be saved God's hand is still stretched out for them and you know what how is God going to show that he's merciful how can he show that he's compassionate that he's caring that he is love true love how can he show that if he can't even show it through his own children let's think about that because everything that God is going to do he's going to do through his children and so that should really show you how important it is to walk in his image if he if he is a merciful God then we should be merciful children if he is a loving God then we should always walk in love before because God is love it's who he is if he is truth we should walk in truth if he forgave us we should be forgiving to those who have wronged us now The scripture that I'm going to talk to you about is in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 15 verse 7 and we're going to start there. But I'm going to go all the way through uh verse 11. And I want you just to ponder on these scriptures. So the scripture is Deuteronomy chapter 15 verse 7 through 11. Write this down because it's a scripture that should really tell you the character of God. First and foremost, you're going to know who he is. Okay, from the scripture. So I'm going to read it. I'm reading from the uh Christian Standard Bible. Verse 7. If there is a poor person among you, one of your brothers within any of your gates in the land the Lord your God is giving you, you must not hard-hearted be hard-hearted or tight-fisted towards your brother instead you are to open your hand to him and freely loan him enough for whatever need he has be careful there's a warning that there isn't this wicked thought in your heart the seventh year the year of canceling debts is here is near and you are stingy towards your poor brother and give him nothing for he will cry out to the lord against you and you will be guilty verse 10 give to him and don't have a stingy heart when you give and because of this The Lord your God is a blessing when you do this. Because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you do. For there will never cease to
to be poor people in the land. That is why I am commanding you. You must willingly open your hand to your afflicted and poor brother in your land. So, wow. So, there is a command. God said, that is why I am commanding you. This is a command. And the command is, if you want to go deeper, the command, God is actually saying, yes, open your hand and give to what your brother needs. But if you want to go deeper, he's actually saying, there's a commandment that I have given you to be merciful. To not be stingy, but to freely give. For God loves a cheerful giver. (laughs) I mean, his word always lines up. He's always true. There is no lie in him. God loves a cheerful giver. All right. He says, don't be grudging when you give. Don't be stingy. Don't have this wicked, evil thought come into your heart that, oh, you know, at some point they're going to get better or at some point, you know, somebody's going to give them something. So that would force your hand to close. It would force your hand to be tight fisted as he just explained. It's a closed hand because if you make a fist, your hand is closed. It's not open. And really, if you're making a fist, it's, it's negative. It really looks like you want to punch him. You want to punch somebody. And just think about that. that. That's something to ponder too. A tight fist. What do you associate a tight fist with? Fighting. Fighting. But you're fighting the wrong person. Ooh. For we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. I could really get deep into this word if you want me to. <laughs> but I'm going to stay on track. Okay. So, hands and feet. Alright. So, from there, we should actually learn that it is commandment. It's a commandment for his children. He is blessing us. Um, I learned from a sister in Christ. Her name is Tiffany Montgomery. Please, please look her up. Amazing woman of God. Um, amazing prophet and um, she said something uh, uh, this year she's starting every uh, the first three days of every month um, fasting and I'm doing that along with her um, and we're doing it corporately as uh, as brothers and sisters in Christ so but what she said in one of her um, emails for the fast was that you are not poor You're just in a poor situation. And that blew my mind. It really did. It blew my mind because while I know that God is purifying my heart, he's cleaning out, he's taking all these ideologies out of my mind that are from the world. He really is. And that was one of them, is that at some point I still had some type of thought in my mind that, you know, I'm poor. But... It really made sense. For God says, you are blessed and highly favored, so how can you be poor? And David in Psalm uh, 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. So if you have everything, there's nothing you lack. You truly indeed are blessed and you are not poor because you have what you need. 
Amen. So that was mind blowing for me. And I really thank her for saying that because it really um, changed my whole perception of what that means. Changed my whole thought press process. It really blessed me. That's all I can say. And so I want to say that to you if you haven't heard it or not. Stop saying that you're poor. You may be in a poor situation, but you're not poor. So you do have things that the Lord has blessed you with that you can bless someone else with. Let's go to the next chapter. Let's go to the next verse. But before I want, before I go to the next verse, I want to say something. We are called to produce fruit. Okay? We're called to produce. So, there's no in-between with God. Either you're producing fruit or you're not. And if you're not, then you need to ask the Holy Spirit to help you produce fruit. With the spiritual gifts that you have in you, ask the Holy Spirit to help you cultivate those gifts. There's nine of them. We all have them. It's just our desire to cultivate them hasn't been there yet. But ask the Holy Spirit to give you a desire to to walk in your gifts, to walk in your gifts so that you can carry out the calling that God has placed on your life. And he will lead you. Be led by the Holy Spirit. So what I want to say is the hands... If we just fix our eyes on Jesus Christ alone, what did he do with his hands? Jesus Christ used his hands to heal the blind, to open the sight of the blind. He used his hands to pray. I mean, he, he we know that Jesus was a man of prayer. He is our chief intercessor, so we know he's praying. Okay? He used his hands to heal, to drive out demons. To deliver. And the one most important way that he used his hands was outstretched on the cross. So, and that's the sacrifice. That's that's carrying our own cross. So, what am I saying here? Is that if we want to walk, be the hands and feet of Christ, and we're created in his image... And we want to walk in the image of Christ. And as Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. We want to reciprocate that. We want to replicate it and reciprocate it. And so what I'm saying is, if Jesus Christ healed through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can too. If Jesus delivered and drove out demons through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can too. If Jesus gave sight to the blind through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can too. So our hands shall be producing something. And if it's not, like I said, ask the Holy Spirit to help you in that area. So let's move to the feet. Because in the Bible, it really talks about your feet. It talks about a lot about the feet rushing to evil. There's a scripture in the Bible, I believe it's in Isaiah, where it says the feet, they rush to shed innocent blood. And at the beginning, God was talking, really telling you what his hands do. God says, my hand is not too short that it cannot save. 
He tells you what his hand is doing. He shows you what he is doing. He shows you who he is. I'm the God of mercy. I'm the God of compassion. I'm the God who's always reaching out for you. I'm the one who will leave the 99 and go out for that one. But then he goes and explains what we do with our hands and what we do with our feet. And one thing that stood out to me was that our feet, our feet rush to do evil. They're quick to do it. Not so quick to do good, but quicker to do evil. So what does that say about our feet? It says our feet, we're always walking. We're always putting ourselves in situations that are not good for us. We're always walking down paths that are not good ways. And you have to understand that God is always talking about location. He's always talking about this way, that way, the broad way, the narrow way, walking here, walking there. Think about it. So when we're talking about our feet, what did Jesus do with his feet? Jesus walked. I mean, he walked everywhere in the Bible and the Gospels you could hear of the accounts of him walking from this city to that city teaching in the synagogues he was all over the place in the churches in the in the um, towns in people's houses I mean he was everywhere Jesus walked so we should do the same Jesus was everywhere. He was in a whole bunch of places. In fact, let me just point this one out. Side note here is Jesus went to places we sometimes in our own heart won't go. You can see that by because the Pharisees, when Jesus was talking and sitting at the table with the sinners, with tax collectors, the Pharisees were like, why is he sitting with sinners? Because Jesus said, I came not to condemn the world, but to save the world. Not for the righteous, but for the lost. So, are we moving our feet to those who are lost? Are our feet quickly moving to those locations where we see that these unbelievers are lost? And we want to show them the way we know the way. Why would we not lead them there? Are we walking into places where homosexuals are? Are we walking into places where adulterers are? Are we walking into places where um, thieves and robbers and burglars are? Are we walking into prisons? Where crimes have taken place, where we have criminals. Are we walking into those places? It's just a quick examination, as Paul says, examine yourselves. We need to do that every day and make sure we're walking into those places where we know Jesus would have us go. This is getting really deep. Um, so that's just, this is just a little taste of the hands and feet. I really do want to give you guys some more scriptures. I have so many, 
um, showing about the hands and feet of Christ and going into depth. But I don't want this episode to go too long. We're already 20 minutes in and I don't want to really keep you guys. I want you guys to digest that, what what we just talked about. So I really hope that you guys come back to the next episode that I, um, that I put out and that will be next week. So look forward to that. We're still on the topic of hands and feet. I thank you for listening and getting this far. And you know what? Stick around because we're going to pray after these messages.